On today's episode, I'm going to talk about manning up and leading. So this all this all started um, when I read a book, and the name of the book was uh, "The Meaning of Marriage" by Tim Keller. So my my view on being a man within the relationship uh, completely changed after reading this book. Um, it, it it became more selfless. It became more about um, serving uh, my spouse, my loved one, you know. Um, my best friend, um, and also not allowing society to skew my image of marriage. So in the beginning, before the book, I had always thought that I needed to have the perfect ring on her finger. Um, I needed to have the perfect setup as far as engagement, um, the perfect setup as far as venue for the wedding, uh, the reception, um, you know, all these things that go into like, you know, marriage in the beginning. So like what I realized is like a lot of people uh, spend all this energy and time and money up front on marriage, but they don't prepare themselves for the marathon that that is of marriage after all of the fun is gone. So, yeah, because it's it, the the hype is awesome. It's amazing. But then, you know, once it's all over, it's just you and that other person for life like you know like you, you have to really go back and think and it's like well did, did we really prepare for this like what's to come so um ember and i uh oh i should say ember read the book first and and then i started to kind of like have things happen in my life um that were kind of like leaning me towards like um uh, the leaning me towards the book uh, and it was, you could say it was God basically pulling on my strings and telling me to read the book. Uh, so I remember approaching Ember and saying, Hey, let's, let's dive back into this book because we started it and I never really finished it because I was just like, okay, well, I mean, it's a great book, but you know, I just don't have time. Like at the time I wanted to like take in other stuff, like, you know, business, uh, information, like, you know, just, I wanted to like focus on other things like, well, that were more related towards my goals. Again, you know, take note on what I just said, my goals. So um, in reading the book, I realized I was like, wow, I was like, OK, so I just I have this completely backwards. Like this it's not about me and where I'm at. It's about her and and where she's at and where I need to help her get. And um, I need to lead her. Um, you know, I need to take her hand and, and, and lead her. You know, and it's like they always talk about, you know, be the man of the house and, you know, um, take care of your family, protect your family. And it's like, but but what does that all mean in society? You know, like today, like it, I, I feel like it means, you know, uh, have that six figure job. Um, make sure you have your wife in that nice car. Um, what else? Like make sure she's able to go uh, buy and spend and just hang out with her friends if she wants to, you know, provide, you know, it's like financially provide which is important. Don't get me wrong. It is very important to be able to financially provide to your family. Um, like, you know, but I, I don't feel like it should be on a pedestal as, as it's put prior to getting married, you know, together you guys can shoot for financial goals after your marriage, a hundred percent, because I, I am a firm believer in that your, your queen should aspire to be just as big as you aspire to be. You know, if, if not, you know, there is going to be issues there because, um, you guys don't vibrate at the same frequency. Um, 
as far as Ember and I goes, like Ember understood where I wanted us to be. Ember understood like, you know, what my goals were and why. Uh, she understood the she understood the history. She took the time to understand the history behind why my goals were so big. Um, you know, she 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 selflessly took the time to know me. And that's where I was blind in the beginning. I, I never saw that of her. Like what I was focused on was like what she brought, you know, for me um, physically and materialistically. Like, you know, that was what my focus was because that's what society put into my mind. Like, you know, it's like, well, you know, is she is she wife wifey material? Like, you know, does she have like the physique that you want? Does she, you know, take care of you the way you want? Like, you know, does she cook? Does she clean? Does she do? Does she do that? Which were great things, you know, she did do. Um, but I don't think that's uh, that important within a marriage because once you get into the marriage, you know, as far as cooking, cleaning and everything is like, is a team effort. A lot of people say, you know, you know, um, a marriage is 50, 50. I believe that to be completely wrong i think a marriage is a hundred a hundred like so the spouse is putting in a hundred percent or i should say the husband is putting in a hundred percent and the wife is putting in a hundred percent and not a not a you know penny less or you know like unless you know there are um you know uh like physical reasons that that person can't you know do certain things or like you know because of a sickness like as as most you know like later on my wife you know she got sick and obviously she couldn't put in a hundred percent you know she couldn't clean the house anymore she couldn't you know um go to work anymore or you know help with the babies anymore so um that's one of the main reasons why i feel like everyone should put in their weight you know it's like um like no man should expect a woman to have the house clean when when you get home you know just because she was home all day you know you shouldn't expect it if it's if it happens wonderful praise it love her but don't ever expect it you know what i mean because the moment you're expecting it you're you're speaking from a prideful uh standpoint you're all, you're you're holding yourself on a pedestal expecting that you know you should be treated as such because you've been at work all day now, my wife did have a view to where it was like, because I, I would always tell them, like, oh, man, like, you clean the whole house. Like, what'd you do? You know, like, did you not go, like, uh, go to the park or, like, go go um, go see your mom or go hang out with your sister? Um, and she would tell me, like, no, I just wanted to clean the house, you know, because I wanted you to come home, you know, to a clean house. And, like, I would feel bad sometimes because I'm like, wow, like, you know, she, she did this for me, like, and, you know, but uh, it's not, it wasn't for me to feel bad that she did all this stuff it was just for me to take in uh praise it be extremely grateful that she thought of my emotions and my desires first before hers these should have been like like um green flags for me to be like yo hey this is definitely a wifey material type girl like you need to lock this down but still, society skewed it to where it was like, you know, now is this is this the one? Like, do I want to be with her like for the rest of my life? Like, you know, is this this is just that one girl for the rest of my life? Am I sure about this? Like, you know, she has her anger issues. Like, do I want to deal with that the rest of my life? You know, and then um, fast forward to us getting married and just enjoying one another. Like, it was it was just amazing. Like just once we got married, the, the blessings that rained on us and we didn't even have a big marriage. Like our marriage was quick and like very small. We had no friends at our marriage. We had only two family members at our marriage from our family. Um, it was my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law. 
and they were our witnesses and it ended up being such a beautiful magical day i know that sounds very cliche but it, it truly was like we would gone to the courthouse we signed everything and we we're like okay it's done we're, we're officially married nice and it felt good but then my brother-in-law got a phone call and the youth pastor that had basically raised my wife uh was freed up and was willing to marry us like at the church and you know sign the paperwork and do everything for us and you know obviously um uh, uh allow us to read our vows to one another and 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 my wife loved the idea so we ended up driving in the church there wasn't really no time to call family and anything like that so that's why i said it was really small but it was amazing how it all just worked out it all just kind of like like when when i took the dive and and, and committed to her like everything just started to work out and then um you know after that day passed like it was just it was um again i used the word magical like how i felt around my wife you know like i remember for a while there was that hype of like oh my god you're my husband oh my god you're my wife like i i can use that now like it and it was it was kind of funny and like silly that you know that's that's we were running around the house like calling each other that and you know even through text like we, like she would emphasize on you know my husband and like she would tell her friends like hold on let me check with my husband like and it was it was silly but it there was so much value in the marital part of it for us that that was what brought us bliss. Like, we didn't care that we didn't have the engagement photos to put up on Facebook. We didn't care that we didn't have the the huge party that, uh, to invite everybody to, you know? And like, um, and we didn't really care if anybody felt hurt or not because like they weren't gonna be a part of our marriage. You know, it's like the, it was her and I, like that, that was it. And that, that, was, that was the important part of it uh, was her and I, and obviously God at the center of it. Um, but like we focused on us and we focused on like how we could better one another and, you know, and like, you know, going, um, into it, like we, obviously we had our son on the way, so we didn't do it perfect. Um, you know, our son was already on the way and then we got married, but the the marriage part was already kind of like in discussion before we found out about our, um, our son. It was just society that was kind of holding us back because I remember my wife saying like, well, like, um. I want to throw this type of party like so that everybody can come and like and I was like yeah that makes sense and we were trying to save up for that but then and then we found out about our son so then we were like oh shoot um what are we gonna do now like um we need to hold that money uh for our little boy and so we did and we just you know after we we had our little uh small marriage and our small little um uh you know ceremony um tiny tiny ceremony um, we started to just enjoy the fruits of like what we had done. Like, and, um, we felt good, you know, we felt, um, uh, like, like we were able to move in life. Like, uh, we were finally able to enjoy our son that was on the way we started. It was crazy how, when I say blessings just started raining on us, like, and, you know, call it a coincidence, call it what you want. But I always feel like we were pleasing God is the way my outlook was like we were pleasing him and he was allowing everything to just rain on us so like people were sending gifts for our son um we didn't necessarily know how we were gonna uh put his room together and like you know the crib came in um toys started to come in clothes started to come in and we hadn't dropped a single penny yet um 
and it was just amazing to to receive all these blessings and and I always I look back and I always say to people when I talk to people that I come across that like tell me they're having like relationship issues and I listen to their story I always say the phrase man up just man up you know to the to the adversity to the um to the issue like if you're in a relationship and you've been in the relationship for like a year or more I mean it could even be shorter too like it just depends on like your level of commitment to this person and like adversity starts to come into like the relationship like you know problems whether it be financial problems trust issues like respect issues whatever it may be society teaches you just like oh there's always something better you know like society now teaches like well if it's broken just buy something new so like what we learned was like just because it's broken doesn't mean that it has to remain broken we can fix at it we can i mean we can go at it and try to fix it and um use uh god to be able to like kind of reinforce our relationship and our love and we come back 10 times stronger and a lot and that's what happened really that is honestly what happened like i messed up so many times like i i was not worthy of ember's love whatsoever i was not and i know that and i'm that's why i'm so grateful for having her uh have had her and um to be uh gifted with her that's why a lot of times too when i talk to men that are having relationship issues with their uh, spouse i tell them like don't forget the fact that her heart is a gift to you like it's not yours she's not yours she's temporarily gifted to you on this earth hence why i'm now a widower my wife was temporarily gifted to me by god and at any point in time as y'all most of you know he, he he could pick up the phone and say it's time to come home and that's not my choice that's not for me to say yes or no and you know you can get a little more technical into it as far as like the doctors and everything if you want but just to keep it simple and like you know and be real about it it's like anything that's added to your life is a gift you know it's it's like we have this sense of entitlement it's like oh no i'm married to her she's my wife i provide for her you know she lives in my our home and i work you know 60 70 hour jobs which i know what that's like like 60 70 hour job and and like you know she should be doing this and she should be doing that and and like she should feel grateful for this and she should feel grateful for that that's all pride in the end it's just pride there's no if ands about it about it like it's just pride um, like you, you need to like, like look at it from a selfless perspective and understand that she's a gift and, and she's very temporary and you need to cherish her and you need to love her and you need to serve her because in all those things that you do for her, you will learn to love her so much more and the love will be so much deeper than what it than what like than what it would be like if you spent more time with her took her to more places took her to fancy dinners bought her these fancy gifts all of that is gonna have you know uh add love and add value to your relationship but not how it would if you focus more so on serving her and being selfless about your uh your life with her like all these other things that i mentioned those things are good if you add them on top of selflessness and serving right like 
Um, so some of the things that I would do is like, um, you know, after being at work all day for 11, 12 hours, like I would come home and like I walked through the door and it'd be like, oh my God, there's a meal that's being started. Wow. That's amazing. And like, I would, as soon as I walked through the door, I would say, uh, Hey to her, give her a kiss and ask her how her day was. And then I'd go put my stuff up. I wouldn't even be out of my uniform. Like I would still be in my work clothes at the end of dinner but that's because i was focused on her like i was not because there was something to do and i needed to like no because i i genuinely was focused on her even though she was cooking dinner i would like ask her do you want me to help you with this and i would like i would um even if she told me she didn't need help i would look for opportunities to help i wouldn't just take it as like okay you don't need help you got this like yes that's great she can handle her own pull her own weight that's amazing but i would always find opportunities where i could help because i was seeking to serve her i was seeking to actually be selfless so i would find like that the table wasn't set so i would just grab plates and she'd be like what are you doing i'm like oh i'm just grabbing plates because i'm gonna set the table for you and she would just kind of smile and then I, I would, um, you know, ask her, like, well, do you want a cocktail or are you just not, you're not drinking tonight? Like, you know, and I, I would make something without asking. I would just do these things. Right. Um, or there would be some cases where I needed to communicate them verbally to her so that I wouldn't get in her way. Like if I came home and she wasn't peachy, but she was cooking dinner and she was just like not having it because she had a rough day at work. I would I would ask her, and be like, OK, well, um how about i how about i set the table for you and she said no don't worry about it i got it i would say okay i wouldn't fight her i would just say okay all right no problem um you know i would look at other opportunities like i would always seek something to do when you come to that roadblock when you don't have anything to do go to god immediately and ask him just to open up her heart like in that moment especially if she's like flustered and pissed off like we all know what that's like to come home to an angry wife especially if you've been married um like it, it's 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 hard to deal with it's not an easy road like you know that they're emotional beings like you know we're not as we're not wired um emotionally the way they are so like you know you kind of want to step out of their way get out of the way let them do their thing but at the same time you don't necessarily want to just leave her alone Because in my opinion, leaving her alone is dangerous. Um, and what I mean by that is like just completely allowing her to deal with the issue or issues that she's having in her day um, like to herself. Like that's that's dangerous. Like it's um, not good for her. It's not good for you. Remember, you guys are married um, and you are one. So, and you know, a lot of times we, as men, we get caught up in like, okay, we can fix this. We can fix this. It's not for you to fix. Number one, like it's just for you to support and comfort and, um, um, uplift her. So if she had a bad day at work and like, you know, I, like she would, um, she would tell me like, no, I'm fine. Like, you know, do this. And you could see it. You would always be able to see it. Even if you have like a really, um, emotionally stable spouse that you know can kind of handle their own and everything you can always tell when something's like especially if you're tuned in like tapped into like the, uh, one another the way ember and i were like you can always tell that something wasn't good it wasn't great 
So, you know, I would wait. I would wait till we sat at the table together. And I would honestly pay attention. Like, I would pay attention to, like, um, like what she got to drink. You know, what, what she, how she uh, plated her food. Because these things, like, kind of, I know it's crazy. But, like, these things do kind of, like, you know, give, give you an insight. Or gave me an insight as far as for my wife. Because I paid attention to what her habits were and what her, what her behaviors were. Like, I knew that if she didn't pour a, a drink something was up she's not in the mood to be like like you know fun and happy like something really bothered her so i would i would just ask i would just ask questions so i would just be like hey baby like you know is everything okay like you know did you have a bad day at work and shut up immediately shut up you know it's like a lot of times your spouse doesn't want to open up to you because you all you do is give your opinion to her she does not want your opinion she wants you to listen. And then when she, once you're done once she's done and you've and she's noticed that you're actually just listening, she may ask you what your thought is on what she told you, like what 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 happened, what the situation was. This is where it's important for you to answer selflessly and with grace. Like not with pride, not with the the machismo i can fix anything and you know it's like i'm man and you know uh, i have the answers to all and it's like no no selflessly and with grace like listen and then you respond <laughs> to where it's like you know okay uh you know you you got you got you, you gathered all the information and you tell her you know you understand and everything and you kind of just try to like take the conversation uh to god you know, that was always my like my go to was like, you know, I'd, I would always just be like after hearing her, I'd be like, man, you know, you had a really rough day. Like, I honestly wouldn't even know how to tackle that, even if in the back of my head, I knew what to do. OK, this is important. Even if you know what to do in the situation, do not tell her how to handle it because she is not you. It's important that you capture that. Like you cannot give advice to your spouse on how to tackle a situation in their career or in their um, like uh, friendships, how you would take it, how you would handle it, because they are not you. They can only take nuggets from you. And like, so what I would do is, and you know, call this strategy what you want, but it worked for me, okay? And it worked for us. So I, what I would do is be like, you know, like maybe, um, I think I really think we should like pray about that. Like, I really think we should like take it to God and like, you know, kind of let it go um, and just allow him to work through both of us and see what comes out. And, you know, and she'd be like, you know, and she would literally like she would like, be like, you know, that's a, that's a good idea. And, um, and she would ask me, she'd be like, would, will, will you pray? And I would tell her, yeah, I'll pray. Leading, manning up, leading, because a lot of times I'm willing to bet a lot of you men out there probably don't say grace at the table with your family because you don't even know where to start with grace. You don't even know where to start with prayer. Or you have an insecurity of even speaking in front of your family, speaking in front of your kids, speaking in front of your spouse, speaking in front of your uncles, aunts, like, you know, grandma, like at the, at the dinner table. A lot of times people don't want to start prayer because they have their own insecurities with inside, inside of them. But within man, like I really think that it's that all of that should go out the window and you should man up to the situation and take the reins and pray. 
So we would we would pray about the situation. And, you know, I would I would always say, like, we're just going to give, um, you know, Ember's day to you. And we're just going to allow you to work through both of us. Um, if if you know, if anything comes up that I feel I need to speak to her, I will speak to her. And if anything that she feels she may need to speak to me, she will speak to me, you know, and, you know, and so forth and kind of carry the prayer out and, you know, be, be grateful and thankful for certain things uh, of that day. And then, you know, in Jesus name and let it roll. And the amazing part would be was would be that like literally when I would tell you like we would let it go, we would let it go. So then our conversation would start on something else and it would be back to us. It would go back to like, oh, well, like, um, you know, she would tell me something funny about her day because, you know, there were only certain parts of her day that were bad, you know, like interaction with her manager or interaction with a client. You know, it wasn't the entire day that was bad. It was just these certain things or it was even maybe something that happened on the road, you know, because my wife, uh, Ember, had like like crazy amounts of road rage that like you know luckily she worked through um you know uh in our relationship she's like she came to a point where she realized like um you know road rage is pointless there's no reason to even get upset at people like because you can't change people you're just wasting energy um so like it would just it would carry on to something else and like then we were able to like kind of talk about the rest of the day or like the evening what we had planned or you know the next day or we would continue to talk about scripture. You know, we, uh, we would talk about like this uh, spiritual warfare that was going on that day. You know, that was another thing that we always were aware of is spiritual warfare. You know, a lot of skeptics out there, you know, you know, have had bad experiences with um, religious folks and like, you know, just with Christians in general. Like that's great and all, but don't don't get it twisted. Like spiritual warfare is real. Whether you believe in like Jesus or, you know, um, Buddha or, um, you know, any other type of religion that you may believe in spiritual warfare, the fact that there's um, evil spirits and good spirits out there that are battling back and forth between us, like that's real. Like, you know, it's like I, I see it every day with people on the road. You know, there could be somebody that's having a peachy day, just sitting there uh, singing along in their car. And then somebody drives right by them and cuts them off. And that person goes from like the happiest person in the world to like the most evil person I've ever seen in my life. Like I've seen it happen when I ride with my friends. I'm like, whoa, like, okay, what happened to that? Like, and the only thing that I could explain is that it's spiritual warfare, man. Like there's no armor on you. You're not covering your heart. You're not protecting your heart. So we would talk a lot about that. Um, so I would use God. I would definitely use him and like bring him into our dinner table, bring him into our experience, you know, and like, and we weren't perfect. I mean, we could literally, I'm, I'm going to be honest, like I would literally, we would literally go from having that type of dialogue to like, um, like sitting at the, uh, at the, on the couch, watching a Netflix show that was like about like evil and like, or scary, like something that wasn't godlike, something that wasn't like, I guess that would be seen great in the eyes of a Christian, right? It's like, but that's just who we were because we were, we stayed true to ourselves because we knew God knew our heart. That's the important thing in it all is God knows your heart. Like, you know, it's like, that's why I always, I, my wife always taught me don't prejudge. And anyone that interacted with my, with my wife understands this, uh, this next part. It's like when you spoke to her and when you got around her and when you tried to get advice from her, she never judged you. Never. 
and you never felt judged by her. No matter what it was. Um, so like she taught me that like to where it was like, oh man, like, you know, just like always, always know that God loved this person as much as he loves you. And that there's no way for you to understand their heart. The only thing you're seeing are their actions and like their lifestyle and everything. But don't judge them by that because they may have been misguided somewhere along the way. And who's to say that five, ten years from now, this person like may be an incredible follower of Jesus or incredible follower of God, whatever. You know, it's like um, so the whole thing is like, don't judge. So like. Going back to like, you know, coming home and like leading and, and you know, being um, the spiritual leader in your family and manning up to certain situations. Like a lot of times if you're having issues within your marriage, it's more than likely because you're not holding yourself accountable. You're literally putting it off on the other person. That's that's literally what um, is is going on most of the time. Yes, there are there uh, uh, special cases. Um, where the spouse is doing uh, bad and neglecting uh, the other one. But a lot of times it's because too, like they're not taking the reins and they're not um, holding themselves accountable for their behavior or for what, um, what they're doing. And then a lot of times too, it's because they have expectations set on the other person. That's one thing that Ember and I really stressed to one another. It was like, we didn't have expectations from each other. We didn't set bars um, for each other. Like, it was like, uh, we always knew that in some way or form, like we would fail one another with something, but we always had to have grace to uplift one another and carry each other through the journey that is marriage. So then my son, right. Um, is coming into the world and, um, I was bartending at the time at Miro Spanish Grill, um, while I, um, was working at Lexus. I had started working at Lexus and, um, the night that my son, uh, decided to come, um, was basically, I had gotten home from bartending and, uh, I I was like, I was a big gamer back then. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I technically still am, but I'm just, I just don't game. I just don't have time for it, but I do like video games. But, um, like I was a huge gamer. I was big on Battlefield and Call of Duty, like all those type of games. So like I got home, popped open a bottle of wine and like cut some cheese and set out some olives because this was like a big thing in our house. And Ember was like, well, I'm gonna go to bed. Um, I just wanted to wait up for you. And and so I like went and uh, I know it may sound cheesy, whatever, but I went, tucked her in, you know, I like loved her, gave her kisses and um would pray with her for a little while. And then I'd be like, all right, well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go game for a little bit. So, and I would set timer. Um, I'm starting to set a timer because like, I kind of knew in the back of my head, this was going to kind of go away once my son was born. Um, because it was something that I didn't want to allow to pull me away from my family because I knew how much I enjoyed it. I knew that it was going to pull me away from my family. If I allowed it into my, if I allowed it into my fatherhood. So, uh, I was sitting there playing, I was gaming and like, it came to me and I was like, you know, you're going to, you're going to probably need to get some rest. I was like, cause your son could come any day now. Like you probably shouldn't be doing this anymore. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play one more game. And each, each session lasts about 30 minutes. Um, um, and 
literally like in the middle of the next session that I was playing, I see the light cut on in our bedroom. Because like, like uh, so like um, I was in the living room, but from the living room, you can see the, the bedroom light cut on. Or I'm sorry, not the bedroom light, the bathroom light. And um, and my wife comes out and says, uh, I think we're going to go to the hospital. And my light bulb went off and I was like, told you. And I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, uh, let me call the nurse and just make sure because I really think my water just broke. So uh, she does that. I'm over here. I'm like, do I finish my game? Like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna finish my game. So I literally just finished my game. Uh, and then like I, I hear her on the phone while I'm gaming because at this point I took off my headphones and I uh hear her talk to the nurse and the nurse tells her like do a squat and like if uh obviously a fluid comes out yeah you need to go to the hospital so i heard her say yep fluid came out moment she said that i shut everything off and uh my wife was good at pre-planning so she had all the bags for the hospital already like set up so i remember going in the room i had my work clothes on because that like I hadn't changed like I was just like I'm just gonna chill like I don't even care I'll change it uh into my like uh sweats here in a little bit I had my work clothes on so I literally changed really fast grabbed the bags she was she was getting ready and everything I allowed her to do whatever she needed to do to get ready I asked her do you need my help with anything she said no I was like okay so I already knew what I needed to do was get the bags in the car start or start the truck and get ready to go um and just, you know, proceeded to ask her, like, what she needed, where, uh, you know, uh, did she need water or anything? She was like, no, no. So I, I listened. I was just in at this point in time, I was listening to everything she told me. So being selfless through the whole process of um, uh, my son's delivery um, went to the hospital. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get into the details of that. Our son came and it was an amazing time an amazing time um and when we were in the hospital and we basically got settled into our room um the moment my mom and dad left it was my mom and dad uh were the last ones to leave and um i shut the door to the hospital room and my wife was holding my son and i looked back and i look i remember looking at them and immediately thanking god for allowing me to be there and allowing allowing me to be in that position you know thanking him for entrusting so much in me because he had given me the gift of her and then the gift of my son so immediately all these blessings were raining on me this is my outlook on it and so i i remember uh laying down and my wife was like john you need to sleep because i hadn't slept like, I think I may have, like, fell asleep for an hour and a half, maybe, um, at one point when we were in triage. And, uh, but I, I didn't even sleep comfortably because, like, I, each time a nurse or somebody walked in, I would wake up and I'd be, like, listening. I'd be listening. I'm like, okay, what, what's up? What's, what's next? All right, what, what does that mean? Like, you know, I would ask questions. Um, and I would actually let my wife kind of explain things to me. And she was like, John, you need to sleep. And so I, I was like, okay, um, I'll go to sleep for a little bit. Like, I will. So I slept. And then I'll never forget, like, um, once, you know, you go through everything, the doctors, they come back in, they do a uh, test on their blood, like, prick their finger, all that, all that good stuff. But once we, like, went to leave, that's when it really hit me that, like, 
I needed to be the man of the house. Like once we went to leave, like uh, because like I saw the world and I was about to bring my family out into this world. And I immediately felt the vulnerability of being man, like just being flesh. And I, I remember going to get the car and the nurse was telling me like, so I'll, uh, I'll bring your wife out in the wheelchair and you can just pull the car up right here. And they were like, do you have the baby seat? And I was like, yes, I have it. And I, it was in the car. We had already had it like placed where we wanted it. And uh, I remember telling him, I said, like, you can ride in the back with the baby. And she's like, I can ride in the front. And I was like, no, you're going to ride in the back with the baby. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, okay, I'll ride in the back with the baby. And um, again, her being selfless to my bit of control that I had at the time. Like she didn't argue with me. She was just like, okay, my husband wants me to ride in the back. I'll ride in the back. So she rode in the back with a uh, little Riker. And again, the vulnerability was just so predominant right there, like right in front of my face. Like I saw all these cars, they were driving fast. I was like, all these crazy people, like they don't, they realize there's a little baby in this car. Like I was worried about getting hit, everything. Like, so I just drove us home. Luckily we didn't live far from the hospital. Um, and, uh, we got home and again, the vulnerability of being man, like, like I, I, I felt so lost. I was like, okay, the, the pups are here. I know what to do with the pups. And so I immediately started to like, kind of go into like autopilot. So I started doing everything that I knew how to do. Um, and, uh, I just literally carried that on into like household duties and like I started to like try to get the bottles ready and everything for her and my wife appreciated all of it like I didn't act dumb and say like well I don't necessarily know what to do with bottles so I'm not going to touch them I didn't know what to do with the bottles I just took the lead and just learned through the errors and learned and my wife genuinely appreciated my efforts you know I mean she like just Yes, so what if I put the wrong size liner in the bottle or the wrong type of nipple? Like it wasn't that type of like nipple that needed that was needed. And like, and actually the bottles weren't even needed yet. Because she looked at me, she's like, I don't need any bottles. Like I had opened up all the bottles and was like getting ready to like clean them all. And like, she was like, I don't, I don't need any bottles. She was like, that's really sweet, but I don't need bottles yet. And I was like, huh? Why? And she was like, cause I'm breastfeeding. I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, that thing. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Um, you know, because you don't think about those type of things. Like you just kind of go into autopilot. That's literally what happened. So I um, I started to like set the boundary with the dogs as far as not coming near the baby and not coming near mom. Um, and just like, you know, so that way they didn't become possessive over mom and didn't become possessive over the baby and just understood that dad was in charge and that mom and baby belonged to dad and that you need to step off. So just taking the lead in the house. And, you know, I began to pray every night and thank God every night, um, you know, and I, I got to stay home uh, with my uh, little baby boy and my wife for I want to say it was about four. It was it was about four days, um, five days and four nights, I guess, because on the fifth day I went to work that evening um, and. I remember just like leaving the house and again that vulnerability kicked in where I was like oh my god I'm leaving my wife here with a two dogs and a baby 
And granted, my mother-in-law came to help. My sister-in-law came to help. Everybody wanted to help, right? And everybody wanted to see the baby. Um, But it was just that vulnerability and understanding that that weakness is not anything to run from. But it's, it's definitely something to run towards and implement God in it, you know, while you're going towards it. And like just anytime that you feel lost and you feel like you don't know like don't just throw your hands up and say you don't know man up to the situation you know it's like just lead your family um and i started to see things in a different light like when i went to work i started to understand that um like i i'm i'm like watering a a a large tree that that's that's like that that is my legacy uh our legacy as family and even today like present day like i continue to look at opportunities in my life that i'm doing like in order to leave a legacy to leave something behind for my kids to fall back on whether it be documentation of my life and for them to understand their father went through um went through uh, a tremendous amount of adversity and never gave up on them i can just you know because ultimately i look at all this all this this stuff this like um tragedy as like blessings for my kids to 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 gain strength from uh you know i i I could have spent the rest of my life looking at it like uh uh, from a victim mentality to where it's like you know like god doesn't love me god's not for me like you know i could have done that easily but i i didn't want to look at it that way i wanted to look at it to where it was like um opportunities for me to become a better man a stronger man emotionally spiritually you know it's like emotionally i'm strong i feel like i'm ridiculously strong um not speaking from a prideful um platform but like there are things that i have gone through especially like my wife's death like that a lot of people looked at me and were like like did he even really love her like people question that because of like my calmness and my peacefulness like it 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 all came from god it's not the fact that i didn't care it's not the fact that i didn't have love there's a tremendous amount of love and a tremendous amount of hurt like but i manned up to my situation at the time like it wasn't time for me to cry and weep and go like my kids needed me you know my my wife needed me to like um you know follow suit and continue being a parent and continue being um uh an amazing um spouse you know without her being there and yeah so i mean i mean um i'm i'm pretty much gonna wrap it up you know i I don't want to run run off into other um subjects but like you know just to kind of um recap i just uh my opinion you know most men out there that are experiencing any type of like adversity or um uh, emotional distress or anything just like don't when i when i say man up don't take it as like you need like what society says as far as like being a man i am specifically speaking spiritually like you spiritually need a man up and lead your family lead your life um with god at the center of it you know it's like a lot of times by leading it's by serving you 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 know you lead by serving your uh your family your pack your group of friends you know your life so like you know like people say like you know don't if something's not serving you in your life get rid of it and yeah it's 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 very true if it's not serving you positively 
you need to ultimately get rid of it. If it's a habit, if it's a person, if it's, you know, a group, if it's a career, like these are things that you really need to evaluate in your life as a man, um, you know, and, and, and to be in order to be able to like push forward um, through life, because life, like I said, it's long. Um, and it's not guaranteed like your life may be great right now and things may be going good, but don't arrogantly look at it like it's always going to be that way. You know, be humble. Always be prepared for any little curveball that's going to come around the corner. And the best way to prepare is spiritually because you could be financially prepared for everything. But if you're broken spiritually, all that money is not going to do anything for you. It's not. Because I remember like getting all the type of support in the world from uh, uh, the Hendrick organization, from uh, my uh, co-workers uh, where I bartended at, um, from family and everything financially. I remember the support coming around. But I can honestly tell you the only thing that really got me through it was not the finances. It was not the money. It was the, the, the fact that I was leaning on God from the beginning. And, and I should say from the beginning, from the point that I decided to commit to my, my wife, it was that relationship that I built with him that really carried me through my human experience that we all can relate to. Like you may not be able to relate to me on the, the spiritual side, but you know, we all have that in common that we'll all lose a loved one at one point in, in, in our lifetime. And we'll all, you know, we all have that in common. Death is something that we all have in common. So, you know, whether you want to like relate to me or not, like just, you know, keep, keep, be mindful of the fact that, you know, these are, these are things that you will more than likely experience. Maybe from a distance, maybe like right next to you, as I did, like my spouse, my best friend. But if you're spiritually strong, uh, God will be able to carry you through it. Like, you know, you won't have any type of doubt or anything inside. Like you'll be able to um, assertively look at life and be like, all right, this is what you do. This is what life is about. Um, Let's go. Uh, You know, you're ready to take it. So I I believe that that gives me more courage as a man than anything else in life. Then no no amount of weights in the gym, no amount of money uh, in my paycheck or my bank account, um, no amount of praising from anyone else can give me the courage that m- my God gives me in my spirit. So, I mean, uh, with that, you know, I kind of, I'll, I'll close out. Um, I just want to thank everybody again for listening to my podcast. I really do hope that I, you know, at least touch one individual out there that listens to my podcast. Um, but again, thank you so much. Appreciate the love. Catch you next time.